Good morning and happy Father's Day. Uh, I'm honored to be here with you today. For those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Scott Embringham. I have two children, Nola and Nicholas. Uh, truth be told, I'm a little anxious as uh, I was only baptized in December of 2020 and I didn't attend or belong to church growing up. Um, uh, so I consider myself sort of a spiritual beginner. Uh, President Evanson gave me the topic of coming to Christ. And over the past couple of weeks, I gave it a lot of thought and decided to share how I came to Christ by breaking it into three short stories. So uh, maybe in sharing my story, you'll be able to see or hear a little bit of something that resonates with you. My first story is about a tap on the shoulder that I didn't even notice. Uh, it was 1982. I was 14 years old. I lived in Emerald Bay with my mom and my dad and my older sister. I was entering my freshman year at Laguna Beach High School. Uh, my goals were pretty simple, to make friends, get good grades, do well in school and stay out of trouble. I was really skinny and shorter than a lot of the other kids. Um, so my goal was to be good at something and anything and that anything was tennis. So I played morning and night. And along the way, I found another Emerald Bay kid who also loved tennis. His name was John Kimball. He's right there. Uh, we played all the time. We'd wake up at 5.30 in the morning and play before school. We'd play well into the night. And one night after tennis, uh, John and I decided to go to my house for dinner. Approaching my front door, we found my parents arguing on the front lawn where my dad's clothes had been tossed out on the front lawn. He was being tossed out. Uh, it was a pretty hairy argument. Unfortunately, it was fueled by alcohol, so it was pretty nasty. John kindly and wisely suggested we go to his house for dinner, and I agreed. That's when I met the Kimballs for the first time, seven brothers, a mom and a dad. It was like an entire football team under one roof, um, and it was total pandemonium, but it was amazing. The house was full of commotion, uh, but also full of love. The house was full of tackling and wrestling and knee football in the living room, but there were no hairy fights. The house was full of breakfast and dinner, uh, but there was, uh, it was also full at breakfast and dinner, but there was always plenty to eat. And over the course of the four years, my parents' arguments unfortunately continued, but the benefit was I had a lot of sleepovers with the Kimballs. And during that time, I also got to know John's family well. And um, the friends of the Kimballs, the Hansons, I got to know them very well. And Andy Hanson was also my age. And he was also a member of the church and we all became very good friends. Over the four years in high school, I discovered two things. One, the Kimballs and the Hansons were uh, two of the most loving, supportive and gracious families I'd ever had the privilege to, uh, to meet. And uh, <clears throat> two, they're also members of the church. I never put two and two together at that age. Uh, there was no burning bush and there was no parting of the Red Sea, um, just this amazing couple of families living their life, what seemed by a very different code of conduct than I'd been familiar with. And they were interacting with each other and their, their friends and their community in a really unique and cool way. It was my first tap on the shoulder to come to Christ. And I'm, uh, it was so quiet and so soft that I missed it. My second story is a tap that I did notice that I, that I ignored. It was December of 1994, I was about 25 years old, and I've always been a big goal setter. And uh, that December, I, I sat down to write out goals for the following year. 
I had health goals, financial goals, fun goals, relationship goals, all kinds of goals. And also I put down a spiritual goal. That year I was going to find a spiritual home. So I read everything. I read the Bible cover to cover, Bhagavad Gita, books on Confucianism, Taoism, Buddhism. Uh, I visited temples, synagogues, churches, you name it. I did everything. And then about middle of the year, end of the year, I remember John Kimball. So I gave him a call, told him about my quest, and he enthusiastically invited me to his home, where he introduced me not only to his wife, Kristen, uh, but two missionaries that could help me with some lessons. Walking into John's home, once again, I was struck by the same energy I felt walking into the Kimballs as a kid. Um, the loving, peaceful, optimistic energy. Uh, the, lesson, the lessons were amazing, and it felt really right. And it felt really good. And I knew I was in the right place, but then I hit a wall. The missionaries asked one couple of simple questions. They said, tonight, would you be willing to pray that the church is true, that the Book of Mormon is true? And something inside me hesitated. And I pulled back. I couldn't do it. Truth is, I, I chose not to do it. At the time, I reasoned that I didn't make, it didn't make intellectual sense. I hadn't read the Book of Mormon. I hadn't attended church more than a couple of times growing up with John. And the truth is, I didn't want to ask the question because I was afraid of the answer. If the answer was yes, I'd need to face a cigarette addiction at the time and my now growing alcohol consumption. And it was too much. So I chose not to answer. I chose not to even ask the question. So I regret to get to say I shelved that goal and pushed forward with my other goals in the next 10, 15, 20, 25 years passed. And over the course of the years, I met regularly with John and Andy, and we talked about life, family, business, kids. And they never criticized or condemned any decisions I was making at the time. Uh, I never felt judged. And each time we'd end lunch, they'd invite me to church. And each time I'd say yes or no, or maybe... During dinner with him one night, one piece of scripture kept going through my head. Matthew, you shall know them by their fruits. That was the second tap on the shoulder when I felt called to Christ, but my business was thriving, money was pouring in, and I missed it. The third story was a tap I couldn't ignore. It was January 2018. My business was booming. I had what many would call success. Money, homes, awards, recognition. Inside, however, I was deeply unhappy. My marriage was in trouble. I was on the road constantly. I rarely saw my kids. And I felt disconnected alone. But I had my business until I didn't. In March of 2018, two of my largest clients suddenly lost their clients. Like an awful game of musical chairs, the music stopped and I lost everything. It took about three months and it was all gone, everything. And on June 7th, ironically, four years ago this month, almost to the day, I said goodbye uh, to the life I had. My business was gone, my employees were gone, my money was gone, my marriage was over, and I hit rock bottom. I did two things that, that I think saved my life that day. Number one, I started a new business that day. Um, not knowing how or what I would do. And two, I kept in touch with John and Andy. We kept our lunches. <clears throat> we kept our dinners, and I'm sure they paid, so I might owe you 40 bucks. 
And through 2019, 2020, I clawed my way back to the light one step at a time. And one night I went to bed and I finally prayed. With a broken heart and a contrite spirit, I asked Heavenly Father for guidance and help, and it was perhaps the most sincere prayer of my life. And the answer was very clear. <clears throat> the next morning, I called John and Andy. I told them I wanted to be baptized. And I think it was John who said, you know, this is kind of sudden. Why so sudden? And I laughed. I told him it was about 36 years in the making. So it wasn't exactly an overnight decision. I had time to think it over. And in late November of 2020, I was baptized by my lifelong friend, John. John and Andy gave me a blessing and my kids were there and they were giggling the entire time and it was perfect. I was reborn and I felt new, like a new lease on life. I felt clean. And over the next few months, everything in my life dramatically improved. My health, my relationship uh, with my kids, relationship with my ex-wife. My business, it was so noticeable that even my daughter one day casually commented one evening while she was in the backseat of the car. She said, Dad, it's like Nick and I can see you become a, becoming a better person every day. It's really cool. And it was the best compliment I'd ever received in my life. So for me, coming to Christ was a series of taps on the shoulder. One I missed, one I ignored, and one I couldn't possibly ignore if I, if I tried. Um, it was plain as day. So in preparing for today, this book, uh, this verse from Book of Mormon jumped out at me. It was from the third Nephi. And it came to pass that while they were thus conversing one with another, they heard a voice as if it came out of heaven. And they cast their eyes round about for they understood not the voice which they heard. And it was not a harsh voice, neither was it a loud voice. And it came to pass that again, they heard the voice and they understood it not. And, a good, and again, the third time, they heard the voice and did open their ears to it. And behold, the third time, they did understand the voice which they heard, and it said unto them, Behold, my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, in whom I have glorified my name, hear ye him. So I'll leave you just a, a few things. Number one, if you're, if you're in your teens here in this room or somewhere else listening to this message, boy or girl, and a member of the church, I promise you that you're a light to your friends, whether you know it or not. You're a blessing to someone, probably a lot of someone's, and you don't know it. And you're giving someone hope, whether you know it or not, just by who you are and your example. Number two, if you're in your 20s and you're getting started in life, and you're setting out on adventures, continue to hold the path, hold both hands in the iron rod. I promise there's plenty of adventures that await and keep your eyes and ears open and watch and listen as different paths go in different directions and wind up in very different places. You'll see for yourself, you'll know them by their fruit and the fruit will be the results in people's lives over time. And three, if you're in your forties and fifties, like I am and facing a challenge or an uphill battle and you've already come to Christ, you're in a way better place than I was, so I envy you. You have the ultimate guide and healer and ultimate source of strength to help you through any troubles or challenges you have in your life and the ability to transform it into something special. My brothers and sisters, my journey was 36 years long 
and I'm grateful. I'm so grateful I finally got here. My next chapter is unwritten, and I'm more excited about it than I've ever been about any chapter in my life, and blessed to know you. And to you fathers, happy Father's Day. My father has been sober now 32 years, married 58 years, so I'm blessed to have him. Happy Father's Day. I say these names, I see these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.